0: everyone welcome to another episode of dfv i'm your co-host black cinephile and i'm your co-host brad there's your co-host brad and today we we got a special one man um it it feels like everyone's a special one but this is like one of the ones i've really been waiting on because um I, i admittedly so i'm not a sports guy but i love sports documentaries and uh, right here, we got two of the best sports documentaries to ever be made. I-, I think one of them, straight up, is the best sports documentary ever made. But we got um, Hoop Dreams, directed by Steve James, versus Lenny Cook, directed by the Safty brothers.
1: And uh, on this one, man, was this your first time seeing either of these? Uh, this is my first time seeing both of these. Like, I had heard of the documentary oh, about uh, Lenny Cook, but... Mm hoop dreams like I'm not a big sports guy I know there's a lot of sports documentaries out there that I've never heard of and hoop dreams was one of them that just completely was nowhere near my radar
0: yeah it's it's considered to be one of the best documentaries of all time and as we as we talk about it you know we'll we'll delve into why but yeah man um hoop dreams is a classic it's a it's a terrific classic and yeah dude I'm, I'm so jealous that this is your first time seeing both of these if I could relive. Actually, Hoop Dreams, I find something new every time I watch it. But if I could relive seeing Lenny Cook for the first time, Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm just ready to hop into this, man. Um, Listen, I I know we don't do chronological here, but I feel like because Hoop Dreams crawled so uh, Lenny Cook could walk, so to speak, uh, I think Hoop Dreams needs to go first.
1: Yeah, as a staple of the, you know, sports documentary movies it, we got to start with hoop dreams
0: absolutely absolutely and listen the synopsis here is gonna be real quick but uh, Hoop dreams is a 1994 documentary film directed by Steve James produced by Frederick Marx and uh, Bill, uh, Peter Gilbert and um, it concerns the it's a coming-of-age story that spans uh, years um, of uh, two African two black high school students William Gates and Arthur at Adji um, you know growing up in Chicago and uh, with their dreams of being professional basketball players. Now I know it seems very straightforward, but the way the film unfolds, you really delve into, it's not really a sports movie. You, you really delve into like the personal lives of William Gates and Arthur Adji with um, their relationships with their families, you know, their, their, their parents, their siblings, um, you know, their relationship with their coaches, uh, personal relationships. And as time goes on, you see the young boys grow up older and older, not really extreme, like boyhood style, but you know, you you see them age, you see them go from like young bucks in like, you know, middle school, or whatever, to going up in high school on the way to college. And it's just it's a marvel to see uh on the screen as as time goes on and you're watching this film. Um, and that's pretty much like the bare bones plot of hoop dreams. It's about these two young boys um aspiring to be basketball players and The kind of react, the kind of harsh realities you can deal with when that's like your plan A, and you got no plan B.
1: Yeah, yeah, because like you said, basketball is kind of in the background of this. Mm -hmm. You know, every once in a while they'll kind of cut to their games and their coach talking to them about the games and everything. But more than anything, this documentary is about their lives and them going through middle or through high school, and they're getting onto the basketball team there. And the coach is kind of giving them life advice and kind of like giving them statistics. Like, look, there's a good chance you might not make it into the NBA, no matter how skilled you are. It, that is not a guarantee for it. You have to have backup plans and watching them kind mm-hmm. of grow and have to, you know, take classes and deal with the fact of like, yes, yeah, they want to go to these colleges for basketball. But they're also going there for an education. They're getting these scholarships. They have to keep up like a GPA. They have to keep up everything with their families. And, you know, I, I love one of the quotes by one of them that's kind of toward the end of the movie, which was everybody was kind of always coming up to me and going, don't forget me when, you know, you're in the NBA. And it's like, well, if I don't make it, you don't forget about me. Just because I didn't make it. And it's like, oh, I love that quote. And that Mm -hmm. that is this movie. It's them going through everything that it takes to try and aspire to their dreams and realize it's not just about how good you are at basketball.
0: Yeah, you got these two kids, um, you know, both from, uh, you know, lower income neighborhoods in Chicago. One lives in, um, you know. Uh, Arthur lives in West Garfield Park. You know William lives in Cabrini Green. Uh, does that name ring a bell to you? It does not. Remember, remember the neighborhood in Candyman.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I didn't, dude. I didn't think that was a real place until I started seeing Cabrini Green in certain movies. I said, oh, that place is real.
1: <laughs> hey, oh, that no, horror hate- movie kind of place. That's a real place sure. that you can go to. <laughs> They must hate that movie. Probably.
0: (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, William lives in uh, Cabrini Green Projects. So you got these two young boys here that got, you know, they're good kids. They got great heads on their shoulders. You know, um, you know, Arthur is he's transitioning. You know, he's still a little bit, I don't want to say wild, but he's still a little young, still a little rambunctious, but he's a good kid. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can see that, you know, William is a good kid that's got a straight head on his shoulder. So, you're dealing with these kids growing up, you know, uh, playing ball, and you got the one coach, uh, Coach Pingator, that, dude, I almost call this guy Coach Isaiah Thomas, because it seems like every scene he has, he's talking about Isaiah. Well, you know, <laughs> Isaiah would say, hey, you know, Isaiah would make this move. I'm like, dude, he's <laughs> – William is not the next Isaiah Thomas. He's the next William. Mm-hmm. Like, you would just get frustrated watching him on, on screen sometimes. But – um, Yeah, yeah. He's a a character. But I like how you got these two kids that got good hair on their shoulders. But if this was just a film about them coming up through, you know, the ranks of playing ball, it would be a boring movie. Mm -hmm. It's because it looks at them as human subjects with their families that makes it 10 times more interesting.
1: Not only that, but their families are prominently featured in this, and talking with, like, the cameras and everything of, like, how they feel about their kids going through these programs, and what they think, like, as they're getting these school applications in, and going, like, well, do you think that, you know, Arthur's gonna get into the school that he wants to? Do you think that he's, which one do you think he's gonna pick, and everything like that? And it's those real conversations that mm-hmm. the parents have where they're like, yeah, we, we don't know if he's going to make it. You know, we can hope that he makes it to the one that he wants. But at the same time, there's other choices out there. There's other picks.
0: hmm. Yeah. And um, one of the things I love is where William's mom, you know, this is later on in the movie where William. Is repairing his leg and she's like sitting out there in the waiting room and he's and she's like, listen, I tell him all the time, you know, basketball is great, but you need a plan B. Mm-hmm. what if basketball doesn't work out and you just got that juxtaposed with the image of this young kid getting his leg repaired on having leg arthritis issues at an age where he shouldn't even be seeing or feeling that type of thing mm-hmm. and you you kind of think like like dang they're working these boys hard like you know because um one thing i want to say is I, I like with william his his uh relationship with his older brother where you first see them on the court you know he's kind of like fouling william a little bit pushing him down And he's saying to the camera, he's saying, "Look, I'm trying to teach him. You're going to get pushed down. You're going to be faced by worse people in the league. That's gonna that's gonna push you in 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 the front in the front lobe, not in the front lobe, but in the front of your mind. You're like, dude, he's a good big brother. I Mm -hmm. I would, you know, everyone want a big brother like that. But then when you delve in a little deeper, not saying he's not still a good big brother, but you start to hear him kind of, you know, uh, get that feeling that he's living his dreams through his younger brother, saying." Yeah, you know, I used to almost play in the league. And, you know, I used to be a street hero.
1: Yeah, there's almost a little bit of resentment that his yeah. brother's getting all this attention and having, like, this film crew follow him to his, like up and coming into basketball while he's going well i could do this i you know i wasn't so bad myself and everything and i thought of doing you know it yeah it's but at the same time you can still tell there's a brotherly love there but yeah there does come off a little bit of that like oh man he's he's getting all this intention i'm getting nothing you know where where was the film crew when i was going through high school (laughs)
0: Right, right. Uh, you know, later on in the film and uh, you know, uh Williams uh being courted by Marquette University. Next scene, older brothers walking outside, you know, I got a letter from Marquette too. Yeah when I was his age. <laughs> like, come on, man, stop trying to steal his thunder. Like, come on. But um I and you know, switching over to Arthur, you got a thing with um his father who's who's kind of like on a slippery slope of, you know, falling into drug addiction and stuff like that. You know, like not being at home and you got a scene where him and his son are watching TV and he's saying, like, I, I need him to make it. I, I want him to make it. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's a thing where you're, you're living your dreams out through your significant other, whether it be your son or your brother. And it's just uh, it's kind of an uncomfortable, hard thing to watch.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing with his father is there's really only three prominent scenes that he shows up. And it's one in the beginning when he's, you know, out playing basketball and his father shows up to kind of watch him play. And he's just doing Mm. just street games. It's not like an official game or anything like that. Mm. And, you know, that's one of the things where the film crew was like asking him, like, what do you think of your dad? You know, like, where do you how do you feel about your dad not being around and everything? It's like, that's a real conversation for a sports documentary, a young boy. Yeah. yeah, and it, it it's one of those things that I think pushes this beyond just being, oh, it's a movie about basketball. No, it's a movie about these kids growing up, and basketball just happens to be the central focus of both of their dreams.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I absolutely would agree. Um, yeah, it's a marvel to watch, too, and you, uh, you can't just, you can't help but fall in love with Arthur's mom, oh, you know, yeah. seeing her, seeing her trajectory too, from like a hardworking mother, you know, got a husband that's like, you know, falling in and out with drugs, you know, you know, got some spousal abuse issues, but like, you know, when we get later on in the film, and we see her get her, her, her nursing certification, it's just such a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you, you fall in love with these people, you know what I mean? As you watch the film and um yeah yeah going along the way here so you know everyone's coming up you know they're growing up a little bit and uh i like how you know it delves into like um because you you don't see them on screen together a lot arthur and william but you see them you know once in a while dap up and you know hug each other as the film goes on but it's like when you when you're seeing william go ahead and then you're seeing arthur go ahead you you start to get the nuances in each of their journeys you know what i mean like um. Arthur gets kicked out of St. Joseph, which I believe was the same place William was at, because of, of uh, tuition payment issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's that. You know, um, William, as he grows up, he, uh, you know, he falls in love with a with a young woman. They have a kid together. Mind you, they're they're still kids themselves. So he's dealing with that while still chasing his dream of being a ball player. You know, Arthur is, um, you know, um, you know, playing for his public school team. While still chasing his dream, he's got a friend that's kind of falling in and out of the the street life too. So you 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 see the nuances in each of these young men's journey, and um, it's it's just the up and down, man. You know, um, uh, William's father. I mean, I'm sorry, William's brother. You know, he loses the security guard job, and now he's unemployed, and there's stuff going on there. You know, and he's got the knee problems. Uh, you know, Arthur, his dad is. You know, fell off the wagon, and ended up going to jail for a few months and trying mm-hmm. to redeem himself. Like, you, 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 the nuances are what give this film light as we go into like the second act here.
1: Yeah, basically. Because, yeah, it, even as they're kind of like growing up and everything like that, and they're starting to reach like those dreams and everything, it, you see them changing their personalities to mm-hmm. what they expect from these dreams. Like at the beginning of the movie, they're basically like, yeah, NBA is everything. You know, this is this is the goal. Everything is working toward basketball. And like their grades kind of show it as, you know, they're barely passing classes and everything like that because their focus is on basketball. Mhm. Yeah.
0: And when the lo- and when the kids have losses, you feel it. Mhm. Like, you know, when uh, when William was playing and, you know, he was having the leg issues and you see the pain on this kid's face as he's trying to make, you know, three throw shots and he's just not making it. And in the end, you know, he just starts crying, you know, like comes to the point where I think I don't know if it was his mom or his girlfriend, but kind of held him. and He was just crying on camera. I think it was his mom. Yeah, it was his mama. And you're like, it's like, man, poor kid. Like, he shouldn't have to be dealing with all of this as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, his brother's like, uh, no, 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 no. His brother-in-law said the right thing. Yeah, he shouldn't have been out there. He's got he's got leg issues. They shouldn't have put him out there. That's not right. And then here come his brother. Yeah, that ain't no excuse. That ain't right. no excuse. He all right. He OK. I'm
1: yeah, like, Th- this is his up. moment. If he's not going to take his moment, you know, he doesn't deserve right. it. And like the coach has that same sentiment of like, why didn't you do better? It's like his leg, like his knee is busted. What do you mean? Why didn't he do better?
0: Right. Like, give him a break. You know what I mean? Like, give him a break. And um, I want to say something. I love how when uh, uh, William, uh, I think it's William, he went to, um, you know, like a Nike All-American summer camp. And uh, you got these two These two opposing views that I love. You got Dick Fatale coming out saying, oh, my mother, God bless her heart. She said, this is America. You can make your own way here. All of you kids are lucky. Cut to Spike Lee. These people don't give a crap about you. They just (laughs) want you to make the money. (laughs) I was like, whoa, you're giving very polarizing statements to these kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it... It is correct, you know, when it comes oh, to, Oh, no, yeah, like, he's
0: being honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Which, which I absolutely love that uh, very brief scene of him just going, yeah, it's it's not about getting these kids an education. It's about making money for the college. That's right. that's why they want these kids, is because they're bringing in money. They don't care about the kids' college. The kids need to worry about their college.
0: I, uh... I, I can just picture some people that said, uh, "Hey, we should get that Spike Lee fellow to come here and speak to the kids." <laughs> and as he's speaking to them, they kind of got the, the 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 slow face, slow jaw
1: drop. Like, no, no, that wasn't in the script. So <laughs> you shouldn't say that. <laughs> Whose idea was it to get Spike here? <laughs> yeah, you're fired. <laughs> I love that scene, dude.
0: <laughs> I love that scene so much. But yeah, they, they, he's giving them like real talk. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, as we're going along here, you know, I'm uh, I'm loving the trajectory of each of these uh young fellows as they're growing up. And um, you know, William is starting to like, you know, understand more of his responsibility. Well, he, he understood it, but he he's taking more of his of his responsibility as a father and trying to know how to juggle this while still chasing the basketball dream. Um, you know, Arthur is uh trying his best to come along too and um I I love his like um I love that moment where, uh, you know, William has a he has a bad moment in the game. And, you know, he he gets emotional again. And uh, it's just him and Arthur talking. He's like, he's like, hey, man, you'll be all right. You know, you're going to be all right. And they, they get there's that beautiful moment where they're both just hugging each other. Mm-hmm. You know, these two um, subjects of the film, we rarely see in the same scene together, just hugging each other. And it's just a it's just a great come to Jesus moment right there.
1: Yeah, it. Which is one of the things that kind of surprised me a little bit with them being the focus, because at the beginning they were with each other because they were on the same team and everything like that with the same Mm -hmm. coach. And we would see their families and everything like that. But yeah, after it was uh, Arthur who left the school, I believe. Yes. Yeah. After Arthur left the school. Yeah. We really don't see them together after that. They kind of start flying in their own separate paths.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think the film is made all the better for it, too, because it's uh, it's two separate stories in one. Um, but yeah, I, um, I wanted to say, you know, when you're looking at the film, you're getting towards the end here. I love um, Arthur's comeback story as he's going through game to game, you know, like, like his team's winning. He's having a great uh, track record. You know, he, his father's on the, all straight and narrow cheering him on in every game. You know, it really seems like a great moment for them as a family. Yeah. And um, you know, I love the 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 parties that they throw, you know, celebrating him and his uh, his wins. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. But I was gonna say when um when William had went to Marquette University and he came back to his old school, it was such an awkward moment with one of the teachers that go, Yeah, have you uh, spoke to any of the, you know, black leaders on campus? He goes, Black leaders on campus. Oh, you know someone that could, you know, uh, you know, uh, teach you how, you know, someone like you uh, can, uh, you know, be on campus, you know, and uh, teach you about where all the blacks go. I said, "Where all?" I, this is me. I was like, "Where all the blacks go?" I said, "This, this is the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. Was that still a thing that was said back then?" I was, I was just, I, I just cringed for him in that scene.
1: You it, know what it, scene I'm talking about? I know what scene you're talking about because I remember watching that and just going, "Well, that was kind of awkward." I'm not. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what to take from that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was awkward. But um Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh is there anything else you wanna like, you know, say about this film, like any scenes I may have missed that you uh wanna wanna point out before we get to the finale here
1: or I mean it came down to uh who was it that had the ACT that their score was just barely William. William and his entire thing with kind of upping his grades and trying to like put basketball a little bit lower on the priorities and everything. I thought that was a nice touch that they added into the movie to kind of show that Mm -hmm. basketball wasn't everything as he grew up and Mm -hmm. he started kind of like improving on his grades and he moved up to, I want to say a B average.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he definitely improved on his grades, and he definitely did finally get his um you know um ACT score up.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. I-, I thought that was kind of nut because that's another way that like this movie goes. No, no. It- this is about the boys. This isn't about basketball. Th- this is about the boys. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I would definitely agree. It definitely, um, you know, keeps you focused on like, you know, basketball as part of this story, but it's not the story. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I um, I love it, man. Even when you get to the end and, you know, uh, everyone kind of like gets their gets gets their happy ending in a way, because while this film can be complex and heartbreaking, you know, it ends on a good note where everyone is like, you know, you know, William goes to Marquette. Arthur goes to, you know, mineral area college. And even though, you know, at the end of the day, spoiler alert, they didn't make it to the NBA. You know, they still got a good head on their shoulders and they still wouldn't got their education. And it's still a happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still a light at the end of the rainbow. So when you're looking at that, you know, I really feel like this is just a, a terrific film. Like, you know, when I first saw this, um, I saw this on a channel uh, called TV One. And, you know, if you know what TV One is, it's a, it's a channel that, you know, plays mostly black programming. So I saw this one film called Hoop Dreams come up that was like four hours with commercials. I said, now, what is this? I said, is this like, a, uh, like, what is this? So then I started watching it. And then um, I just I, I think I recorded it back when I had DVR. I just could not stop watching it. Like It was both my mom and I first time seeing this film, and it was just it's so engrossing. Like, when you watch this film, the three hours really doesn't feel like three hours. Right. I don't know if it's like that for you, you know?
1: Yeah, well, this movie, yeah, it comes in at, you know, a little over three hours, and it's a long movie. But at the same time, because it's split Look, up between... It's up to three. Hmm? I said it's up to three. It's like 171 minutes. Oh, okay. But it's... Mm. One of those movies that it's, you know, it, because it goes between two different people and families and everything like that, it splits the movie time a little bit between that, that makes it go a lot faster. You know, we're not just following the story of, you know, William Gates. We're not just following the story of Arthur Aggie. We're following both of these boys. And for me, like a sports documentary isn't, something that's like on my highlight reel of I, I need to watch this movie kind of thing. But because it, the sports were kind of in the background and everything, and it was more a story of these boys growing up through high school, following a dream and pursuing it and everything like that, their hardships that they deal with in their everyday life, their families, everything like that. It, it brings the movie together a lot better or the documentary together a lot better. It makes it a lot faster to watch
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah absolutely um
0: i i want to say uh you know this is to you and anyone else wondering uh if you ever want to have like a catch up on where everybody was after the movie there is like a uh, a follow-up that you can watch on youtube that says life after hoop dreams um you can it's on the criterion collection as a special feature too but it just follows up with everybody um you know past the movie you know where everybody's at and uh it's, it's a pretty great follow-up it's very entertaining but um, dude, I mean, straight down the line, I- I'm not saying this with bias. I just
1: truly believe it. Is it this is a perfect movie to me. I-, I give this a five out of five. Uh yeah, I'd put it at a four point five out of five. You know, it's for being a documentary, it is all there. You know. It's it's got so much heart to it that I enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough.
0: Now, we are going to move on to another film that's, uh, you know, very widely received.
1: Yeah, that brings us to our second movie today, Lenny Cook, directed by Josh Safdie. We follow the story of a young basketball player who is set to become one of the best that the NBA has ever seen and believed to be one of the best that high school sports have ever seen uh, named Mm -hmm. Lenny Cook who we follow his journey as he starts dreaming of the NBA, preparing for the NBA, and everybody around him kind of cheering him on along the way, going, you're totally going to make it. You know, you are the best of the best. You you are going to put LeBron to shame. You are going to become one of the top athletes that we've ever seen. And coming down to him eventually not getting the role in the NBA and his decisions to follow the NBA, kind of screwing everything up for him in the end. And it this, this is one of those documentaries that instead of following like a pure success story, it follows what should be a success story, but isn't. And yeah, it, it even comes down that because of this movie and the events that happened to Lenny, new rules were put in place in the NBA to prevent it from happening again. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's this movie. It's it follows Lenny cook, but the entire thing is literally about how he is such a great athlete. Everybody around him knows he's a great athlete. His coaches are telling him he's a great athlete. And because Mm -hmm. of this, he thinks he has no way to fail in getting to the NBA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the interesting way this film was made. So um, Adam Shopcorn, uh, you know, when you got the footage of a young Lenny Cook, when he's very young uh, and he's mm-hmm. coming up, um, he had shot that footage, wanting to make a documentary film uh, about, you know, uh, a high school basketball player wanting to be an NBA player. Uh, at some point, him and Lenny lost touch so that um, later on he um, he met uh, the Safdie brothers and he said, listen, I got this footage here if you want to take it over Get in touch with Lenny and see what you can do with, with this here. And they took it over. They uh they met they met up with Lenny, started, you know, filming him a bit. And so that's where you get the past and the present brought together because they they took this past archival footage, edited it together, and then met Lenny and then brought it to the present. That's how this film was made. Because initially I was like, wouldn't the Safties be really young when Lenny like when Lenny was like coming up and it's like like a like a nineteen or twenty year old, wouldn't they be like ten? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, how did they film this? But then I when I when I looked it up, I said, like, oh, that's from a documentary that was never made. So they took that footage and they took it with present day. Okay, I understand now. Um, but yeah, man. So looking at that, I want to say, dude, this film is like so heartbreaking as you as you as you go through it. See, now when we're following Lenny as a kid. You know, I I give him a little bit of grace because I'm like he's a kid. He doesn't understand the weight of what's going on right now. Yes, he could be better. Yeah, you look at LeBron, you look at Carmelo Anthony at his age. They got they got a better head on their shoulders. They're like Arthur and William. They they got a better head on their shoulders. But I'm like, you gotta give I, I give Lenny a little bit of grace because I'm like he's a kid. He doesn't understand what's going on. Everything's being thrown at him. You know, he's from the hood. He ain't really got many influences in his life. His mama's not around. He's got this, you know, this 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 white lady who's bringing him in to like take care of him as he's kind of get his education together to go for the league. It's like he doesn't really have many positive influences in his life, so
1: he doesn't have a support system beyond yes man. You know, everybody around him is telling him he's the greatest there ever was. That he's totally gonna make it. He's fine, and as a result, he has no backup plan. He has no recourse he doesn't have somebody to sit in his corner and go hey in order to make this work 100 percent you need to do these steps instead he's just flying and he thinks that he knows all the answers when he doesn't and nobody around him knows all the answers either
0: Hmm. yeah absolutely i would definitely agree with that you know he he's lost I mean, he, he 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 makes it seem like he's not lost. In his mind, he's like, dude, I'm going to the league. That's the end of it. Like, it's already set in stone. Like, you know, this is my destiny. And when it gets to the point where, you know, um, we'll, we'll get there. When it gets to the point where he doesn't make it, he's he's, he's almost like thrown off like, oh, you know, I just need to get a I just need I just need a redo. That's OK. I'll mm-hmm. still make it. You know, like, that's all right. You know, uh, fate just missed me. I, I'll catch him on the next train. But it's like, like no, that's that's the reality, and um, yeah, as you as you're seeing him go along, you know, he's hanging out with his friends at his um at his guardian's home, you know, he's um he's at practice, and I love this moment at practice because to me it's a serious moment because it's a moment where you know if you ever got that that point where you look back at life and be like Anthony, you should have paid more attention here, or Brad, you should have paid more attention here, you got the coach that says, listen. I told you to come right here at eight thirty. He says, "Oh," and then Lenny's like, "Well, the school told me something different." He's okay. Listen, let, let's just do it this way, okay? From now on, we're gonna meet here at eight thirty. And then you sit, you you hear Lenny go, "Yeah," but the school told me it's like, bro, listen, like mm-hmm. listen to what the man's telling you. You you meet here at eight thirty. That's that's it, you know. But he's so. Again, he's young, so you got to give him some grace. But he's so young and got that, that young ego and I, I, I don't hear nobody or can't tell me nothing that it's just, it's cringy.
1: Yeah, it, it basically is, he sees himself as a prodigy. Everybody around him right. treats him like a prodigy. So when the people that are actually there to help him go, look, no, you got to settle down and you had to listen. Here's what you got to do. He kind of just goes, nah, that I don't need that. I'm a prodigy. I'm going to make it. You know, how dare you talk to me when I'm, you know, going to make it and you're some nobody coach. What do you know? I'm the best basketball player there is.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's such a uh, it's such an ego that sometimes it does get a little funny where it's like, it's like, dude, calm down. Mm -hmm. You know, like now at one point, at some points it gets charming. Like when he's talking to Kobe Bryant, he's talking to the kids, you know, and then Lenny goes, uh, hey, I bet you can't beat me in one-on-one. Oh, yeah. I beat you. <laughs> he's like, I can beat you in anything. I can beat you in mind games. And it's Kobe Bryant, so I can believe it. Right. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> you know it, that's, it it gets charming at moments like that because you know, you you should want to, you know, go toe-to-toe with the king. But then it just it just gets very cringy where as he's going along. You know, uh, he's just he, he he's lost. I was like the whole time I'm watching this movie, like this is a poor kid right here. Not poor as in like income poor, but like like you know like like poor kid. Like he just he just can't see the forest through the
1: trees. You kind of feel bad for him because it's like you can see the raw talent there, but mm-hmm. it's gone so far to his head that nobody wants to tell him that you need more than talent in order to make it by.
0: Yeah, this dude's in Vegas for, um, for an event. He's, he's hanging out with groupies. I'm like, dude, you're a kid. What are you doing? And then you got, you got one of the coaches. I don't know if he was a coach or a recruit. He was like, yeah, man, you know, I was out clubbing. Lenny was out later than me. And the mm-hmm. other guy was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, you know, he was out later than me. We're waiting on him right now. It's like, dude, how do you think, you know, at the end of the day, it's sports business too. It's a business, you know, so you got to have that acumen of like, you know, if you if you're on time, you're late. If you, you know, early, you're on time. This dude wasn't even on time. He was late. You know what I mean? So looking at all that, man, you know, it just it just gets really sad to see. And then he's talking with the guy talking with his friend like, I don't need no ID to go through the airport. Say, dude, everyone needs an ID. I'm telling you, I don't need an ID. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the movie like, Lenny, you need an ID. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
0: like, Lenny, you need an ID.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Everybody needs an ID. I don't care who you are. You know, the, the president of the United States needs an ID to go through the airport. It doesn't matter. You you need an ID, man. Come on.
0: Right. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And um, I love how, because I don't see the point of this. Um, I don't see the point of the attitude, but... I love how when he's hanging out, I believe it's with um, his, his baby and his baby's mother. Uh, they're, they're at some place and a guy walks by and says, uh, you know, these people, they won't give you anything. You know, it's kind of like what Spike Lee was saying to uh, William in Hoop Dreams. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, they just want you to play ball. But keep your head up, young man. Keep your head up. You hear me? And as he's walking away, you hear Lenny say, oh, shut your ass up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, that guy's trying to help you. Like, he's trying to let you know, like, listen, it's it's not all glitz and glamour, what you're seeing right now, man. Like, you know, this is going to go away at some point if you don't get your mind, get your act together.
1: Yeah, it, this movie is so frustrating to see because between the scenes of everybody talking about how good he is at the sport, you just see everything he's doing to mess up his career. And you already know that he didn't make it into the NBA. They, they tell you this at the beginning of the movie. That it's about Lenny Cook's rise and you know non NBA stardom, and yeah, so I, yeah, you're watching this movie and kind of just going, "Okay, I can see why he didn't make it, but god damn it, he has talent. Why didn't he make it?" And then it's like, "Now, no, I see why he didn't make it. God damn it!" You keep it. Getting reminded, yeah, you Lenny, keep getting reminded. Oh, damn it.
0: <laughs> as you watch the movie, you go, "You know what." maybe they maybe they pranked us a little bit he he turned his life around he he mm-hmm. finally did make it no he didn't make it right yeah like, dude I love the whole sequence when it's um it's him and Carmelo playing and um I think uh you know he he kind of like says like uh you know I think Carmelo did like a bad move or something while they were playing and Lenny was like, see? You see right there, I used to be like that. I told Carmelo to stop acting like that. And you can see how he he kind of has like a kinship with Carmelo as they're, you know, they're, they're laying, they're they're leaning on the wall talking. He's grabbing his head like this, like you know, like the big homie. You know, so when it comes to him and LeBron, though, you know, LeBron's like this uh this this young hot talent, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. And you know, he's 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 running drills. He's he's falling in line with practice. He's not you know, walking around with big old chains like Lenny Cook, he's, he's, he's focused. So he's LeBron pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, you know, LeBron has a game with Lenny. Lenny's on the other team or whatever. And, you know, LeBron's team kills it. LeBron specifically kills it. And, you know, Lenny is like, you know, looked at as like, uh, like, oh man, like, I don't know about this kid. So everyone's kind of talking and, you know, one person's like, yeah, you know, Lenny had a bad game, but. It showed that he was human, you know, like give him some grace, you know. LeBron was just great that day. He has like the most balanced take of it all. He says LeBron mm-hmm. was just great that day. You know, Lenny, Lenny is still great. He just needs a better game. And um, uh, were you about to say something?
1: No, keep going.
0: Yeah. And then it comes then it comes down to another game where LeBron plays in, where everyone's expecting a rematch between LeBron and Lenny, but Lenny gets benched. And Lenny doesn't even play in the game. And this is the one thing and we, we can, you know, if, you, if anything you want to touch on before we catch up to present day, this is the one thing in present day that he holds on to that he didn't get to play that game.
1: Yeah, well, he talks about it like he can't believe that he got benched that day, you know, mm-hmm. it, just because he had a bad game. All of a sudden he was treated like he'd never have a good game again.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing to see. So after that, you know, we, we end up going to um, NBA draft time and Lenny's at this point where he decides to, and this was a boneheaded move. This was the one where I finally went, you, you had the one small support system you had here. You just chucked it to the side. He decides to leave his guardian. And even she's like, Lenny, I don't I don't want you to go like like stay with me. Let's let's do this the right way. Get your education and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go that way. He wants to go to the NBA so bad. He leaves his guardian, you know, stays with one of his friends, I believe, um, and tries to enroll himself in the NBA draft.
1: Yeah. Well, this is also he forgoes all these colleges that are like willing right. to give him full ride scholarships and everything like that. And he's going, I don't need to go to play for a college basketball team. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to subject myself to that. I'm going for mm-hmm. the NBA. I don't need to go through the process everybody else did. I can make it straight to the NBA. I can pass that entire step.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, the whole time you're the uh, Patrick Stewart Star Trek GIF just yeah. the facepalm, looking at the looking at the film, like bro, what are you doing? So NBA draft comes, and, and this scene is so heartbreaking too. Um, each team comes up, you know, names off this person and that person. Um, I believe one of them was uh, Kwame Brown that was named. You know, a few other people, like names you recognize today, faces you recognize today. And when it's all said and done, no Lenny Cook, Lenny didn't get named. And so I love this one part where Charles Barkley is talking. He's like, yeah, man, you know, it just sad when these kids, all they want to do is go to the NBA and they think this NBA draft is going gonna, is gonna to pick them up and give them the, the, the ticket that they need. But the reality of it is only so many of those people actually make it. And it's like everything he's saying right there, you know, speaks to what Lenny just went through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. What was it? You actually have a better chance of winning the lottery than you do getting picked through the NBA draft.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think at that point we catch up with present day and, you know, um, we got Lenny Cook looks like in his 40s, you know, a little bit chunkier. Well, I, well. before we get there, we see him play through different leagues, right? I think mm-hmm. we see him uh, in the ABA and different leagues and stuff. Not the NBA per se, but, you know, like like smaller other basketball leagues. Um, so then we catch up in present day with, uh, you know, a bit of a chunkier Lenny, you know, an older Lenny. And uh, he's talking to a reporter and uh, he's he's just talking. And he brings up the LeBron game. Like, you know, I, I think they had it in for me, man. I don't know why they sat me down that day. (laughs) I wanted to play him. I was like, dude, you're 40 something years old, man. Why are you you still talking about that?
1: But I mean, the good news is I mean, the bright end of the tunnel. He didn't make it to the NBA, but he does have a family. He does have a good life. You know, it's not like he's been thrown to pasture and he's, you know, completely washed up and everything it's he has a good life he has a family he has people that care around him and everything still and it's a good kind of like way to be like yeah he he missed his opportunity in the nba but it didn't completely screw over his life he he didn't become so sour to it that he just dug himself his own grave
0: i I was slightly i was slightly argue with you here yes he has a good life but there are some moments in the documentary that make you go oh yeah he's still holding on to it oh he's definitely like,
1: still holding on to like the why didn't i get picked and you know mm-hmm. why why was it that i messed this up
0: yeah yeah and um i just uh i want before i move on i want to note one funny scene um with the reporter and the and the the young uh daughter that's like fishing through the tray and he's kind of like you always have awkward moment around other people's kids where you're like, uh, hey, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. But the kids don't understand, you know, that, that type of English because mm. they're really, really new, – they're newborns. And he's like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like he tries to take the thing from her and he takes it back. Like,
1: I love awkward moments like that. That was funny. I do like how they kept that in. That it, like, as that yeah. kind of it, – it's a moment that has nothing to do with Letty Cook. <laughs> It has right. nothing to do with anything. It's just the you know reporter kind of just in this awkward moment. They're like, "Okay, that was funny. We happened to catch that on film. That's great."
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, but moving on. Uh, you know, he has a fiance, and um, you know they they throw him this party for his. Well, he throws himself a party for his birthday with all his friends over. Everybody's uh, dancing and stuff. One of the most saddest scenes in this movie. And I guess it depends on how you how you interpret it is when uh, he's singing a love song to his wife and, you know, he's just crying and, you know, she's crying. I'm looking at that like this is a broken dude. Like, you know, he has a family, and all, but it feels like it feels like she's crying because she doesn't like seeing him this way. Uh, It feels like he's crying because, you know, hey, I didn't make it to the league, but I got her, you know, and I'm going to sing this love song to her. Um. yeah dude that was a, I don't know that was a sad scene to me what What did you think of that scene
1: it It, it was a sad scene and everything but I didn't see it as dark as that Um, I, I'm sure that like literally having a film crew show up to your house like years after your failure and go hey let's talk about how y- you basically dunked on your life and ruined everything <laughs> I'm pretty sure that probably brought up some emotions that he was just like yeah, yeah, great. Let's let's talk about that time that I completely screwed everything up.
0: Yeah, they, and you got the scene right before this where the fiance is in the car and she's like um she even says she says I just want him to be focused on something besides basketball. Mm-hmm. Like like okay, listen, it's over. Like let's let's just focus on something else here. Um yeah, man, but uh you know, cut to I believe uh you know, Lenny shows up at a game of sorts. Um, you know, he uh, he reunites with Carmelo. They have, they have a little bit of an embrace. Um, but the one scene I'm really that really stuck in my mind um, w- w- before the final shot is uh, when he's at his friend's apartment. He guys he goes, man, listen, none of you have checked up on me. None of you. Like I always check up on you guys to see how you guys are doing. Y'all don't check up on me. And uh that that scene made me sad. Cause it's like what you said about hoop dreams. Like when they say, hey, don't forget me when you get famous. Well, if I don't get famous, don't you forget me. hmm
1: Yeah. It, it that one was one of those scenes that I 100 percent agree. It's like one of those things where it's like, God, I feel that one <laughs> a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that that hit me in the in the feels a little bit. Cause I'm like, yeah, he's right though. I, I don't know these guys' friendships or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm like. Looking at his side of it, he's like, yeah, it's like, I check up on you guys all the time. You don't check up on me. Like, you know, like, what's all that about? Now, if I was still in the league, you would be checking up on me.
1: You'd be hitting me up every day. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, there's a realism to that. And um, I got to say, man, that that final shot uh, is one of the best things I've ever seen in cinema. Like, you know, you got... We, we go all the way back when younger Lenny is, um you know, training and he's, you know, the coach is telling him what to do. And he just walks off thinking he's better than everybody else, just leaning on a fence like, I don't have to listen to these people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, older Lenny comes up uh, through the magic of cinema and goes, hey, man, listen, uh, I know you don't want to listen to those folks over there, man. But I'm telling you right now, the, the, the way you're going, uh, you're going to end up like me and i'm telling you man you know it is best for you to go do those drills and listen to those folks because you know you're you're not going down the right path here and um i don't know man i i just love that scene
1: oh yeah yeah it's kind of that moment where it, you know he realizes he screwed up and he knows mm-hmm. where he screwed up and that's good i mean it's it's a little bit too late but it it's good at the very least that mm-hmm. he's not blaming everything else for it, he understands that he's the one that screwed it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, uh, well, all right, man, I'm gonna get out of here. You know, I know <laughs> you're not listening to me, but, uh, you know, take care.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's definitely one of those kind of documentaries where it's like, as you're watching it, as we touched on it, you kind of are like going, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for this guy, but God damn it. He's making the stupidest decisions ever.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I like how at the end there is like a silver lining where the law was put into place where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something like this wouldn't happen again.
1: Yeah. It has to do with, uh, making it. So you had to go through college, you know, basketball in order to get drafted. You can't expect to get drafted without having, gone through those steps if i recall correctly
0: Hmm. Hmm. yeah absolutely uh yeah i gotta say man uh this film right here it's uh it's a pretty great documentary you know it's um when you combine the past with the present the way it does i feel like when you're going from analog video um to uh you know hd you know a uh, more polished hd look it still flows, uh, uh, you know, perfectly. I give this a uh, four point five.
1: Yeah, I uh, I would agree. Four point five on this one. Yeah,
0: yeah, I it was it was very nice. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of has that, you know, safety brothers kind of like uh, stamp on it as well with that that ultra realism to it. Now, I know where I lean. I'm, I'm hoop dreams all the way, but I got to say what what wins out to you here?
1: So for these two, I would say hoop dreams wins out. Just because, mm-hmm. overall, it it gives you a lot more emotion and character with that one. Like, Lenny Cook, the entire time, I was just going, God damn it, man, come on, come on, just just do the right thing. God damn it, you mm-hmm. did the wrong thing again. Okay, let's try again. Nope, still gonna do the wrong... God damn it, You're, you got this, man, come on, do it. Uh, meanwhile, in Hoop Dreams, it's like, I'm getting attached to these people. You know, it's no longer about, like oh, I want to see them in the NBA. It's, I want to see where this goes. I want to see where this family goes. I want to know more about these people. Mm-hmm. And I think that pulls in a little bit more as a documentary to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely understand where you're coming from there. Um. Okay. All right. So now that we're moving on to the uh, after show here, uh, I want to let you know, I uh, recently saw uh the big granddaddy epic uh killers of the flower moon uh this past week here
1: yeah you you were just all in on 3 hour movies this week dude movies are too dang
0: long these days man <laughs> they're just they're just so long but um i wanted to say in regards to the movie that uh you know um dude great film uh, and i and i wrote my review on 8bitwaffles.com if y'all want to read it but uh great movie man uh the three hours do go by very fast. It is an engaging film. Uh it's it's still a bit long. Like, you know, a film that's long where even though it's long, where even though it goes by fast, you're still like, Yeah, this movie was long though, man. Uh Killers has that vibe, but uh dude, great performances um all around. You got you got DiCaprio, you got De Niro. Uh I think this is one of I think this I think this low key might be one of DiCaprio's best performances. Now, you say really? that about a lot of Yeah, you say that about a lot of films right that he's in, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, Don't Look Up and stuff like that, but I feel like this is like one of his best performances in recent years. Um it's 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 really good. Uh De Niro's great, of course. You know, he, um plays a great, you know, malicious character and Lily Gladstone um who isn't really a newcomer to film. But is um, you know, a, a relatively like, you know, like like not really known actor. Uh, she's gonna get Oscar buzz from this, man. She mostly steals the show. Uh yeah, it's it's a great movie. Jesse Plemons and Brandon Fraser show up in some great roles, uh, great supporting roles in the film. But overall, man, I give it a I give it a very strong 4.5. Uh only reason I don't go full on five is just that that length was something else, man. I'm like, it's I'm not a director, so it's hard for me to say, hey, you know, you should have taken this out. But it's, it, it's, it's worth the time. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. It's just, you know, I was sitting there like, you know, man, man, man. I, it's, it go, it's going by fast, but I'm knowing I'm sitting here for three hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I know in the back of my mind I'm sitting here for three hours and some change as I'm watching it.
1: Yeah. I just have one question, though. Is it yeah, worth yeah. going to the movies to see it or the theaters to see it? Or is this wait until oh, yeah. streaming?
0: It's worth going to the movies. It looks great on the big screen. It's a Scorsese okay. film. You know, he, he makes films for the cinema. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth seeing it on the big screen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I I would definitely agree with that. Um, if you want to wait for streaming, go ahead. Um, but uh, it's, it, it's it was worth it for me. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving
1: on from that. Um any films you've seen lately? Uh nothing I've really seen lately. Right now, this last weekend was the release of Spider Man two on the PlayStation 5, and that's what's basically mm-hmm. been taking up the last couple of days of my life. Because you uh know I- mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say I the the previews I've been seeing for it uh seems like a good storyline.
1: Oh yeah. It is it's one of those things where coming from like comic book lore and everything like that. There's so much that you can grab from and use in any kind of like Spider-Man game or movie or anything like that that when you see the love and passion that somebody has for the source material turn into a new format, it it just emanates so well because the game basically focuses on You know, the villain being Craven the Hunter, who already is such a great villain for Spider-Man because he's literally going after like the greatest kill. He's always searching for that one thing that can give him the rush of, you know, his murderous rampage and give him Mm -hmm. an actual challenge. And the best thing about this game is he's not after Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man doesn't kill people. He, he's not after him. He, he sees Spider-Man as just this weakling that's floating around the city. He's after the villains. Because those are the killers. Those are the people that are like, oh no, that guy will give me a challenge and actually put my life at risk. I want that fight. And as of that, they bring in so many of these Spider-Man villains that just pop into the story because Kraven's hunting them. And it's such a great way to be like, okay, we have so many characters we can work with. How do we bring them all into this story? This is it. This is it right here. Without giving us a Sinister Six, this is the best way to incorporate so many villains and create this world that it feels like the comics.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing good things about it for sure. Um, I was uh, a... <laughs> I was in the line at Trader Joe's and uh you know one of the people that you know you know bags the groceries. He was a young fella, he was in high school. He says, "Man, I know Spider-Man 2 just came out, but you know I got to study for my next exam and I I I can't get it right now." <laughs> and uh and I remember saying it to him I said hey, he said, "Hey, you know, smart decision, young man. You know, the game will always be there." And he says, "Yeah, I know." As I was walking away, I heard him say, "But I really want the game, though." <laughs>
1: see you you gave him the good advice i i would have told him yeah you can always take the exam again next year (laughs) right (laughs) spider-man's now
0: right 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 that's funny that's funny um yeah but i that that game definitely looks great with the graphics and everything like Mm -hmm. that video games definitely have come a long way um what i was gonna say was um you know, so we're we're coming up uh, towards the end of the year here. So when we're talking about like top ten of the year, um, I know more or less killers might make it into mind. Do you have like a general idea of what's been your top ten so far? Uh, for this year,
1: it's there's a couple movies me, that mm-hmm. come to mind straight away. But for mm-hmm. me to come up with ten, I'd basically have to look back on the year to remember what everything that came out was. Because this year is such a weird one with movies. Because I feel like there's more movies that came out to streaming this year that I can think of than came to theaters.
0: Dude, it's crazy when half the movies that are in are in theaters right now are on video, on demand. Right. That's crazy.
1: So, yeah. it's it definitely didn't help with the writers and actors strike going on this year too, where like the back half Mm -hmm. of this entire year got canceled more or less Mm -hmm. in terms of movies. And next year, the beginning of next year is going to be more or less the same because we're already seeing some pushback on those movies. Like everything Mm -hmm. Marvel is getting pushed back basically that was coming out anytime before I think june of next year is basically going to be pushed back now because of filming restrictions
0: i know the marvels is still coming
1: out that one was already finished that was in post-production and finished up Mm -hmm. you know prior to all the strikes so that one's coming but like everything else that was in production is you know being pushed back because the actor strike is still going on i mean last i heard they haven't even sat down to start negotiations apparently
0: I think uh, I think um an, an offer was made by the AMPTP AMPTP and the 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 uh the SAG was like this is insulting. Okay. And, you know uh yeah. So they they they're resuming they're going to return to talks on Tuesday. Mm. They they've reached 100 days the actors have. But yeah, mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, we'll see how that all goes. But yeah, it's it's a weird time for movies right now because even like looking up upcoming movies and everything like that it's like there's not much for the rest of this year and i believe we've talked about i can't remember if it was on podcast or off podcast but Mm. it's it's kind of sad looking up seeing what's coming because it's like yeah there's like one or two movies coming up for the rest of the year and we're in october still (laughs)
0: There's only like a few I'm looking forward to, and they're, they're more so on the independent side. I I You got Michael Mann's Ferrari with Adam Driver, mm-hmm. and then you got um, Emerald Fennell, who made a Promising Young Woman, uh, Saltburn coming out. It, you know, I'm also looking forward to poor things with Emma Stone, too, but I don't know if that's coming out this year. I think that's coming out next year.
1: Yeah, I don't think that one, unless it's very tail end of the year.
0: About to see, but um, yeah, you know, uh, okay, yeah, December is coming out this year. Um, but yeah, so basically, looking at that, outside of those three films, other stuff is just like stuff I'll just catch by the wayside as it comes along, because uh, yeah, it's like you said, there's there's very much a, a big drought right now.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. I know when I'm thinking about top ten, two films uh automatically on my list and that's a John wick chapter four and uh the blackening now other things yeah
1: yeah John wick chapter four is one that instantaneously comes to mind as you know it's on the list
0: yeah it's like that's something that you know I it just it just can't be removed Mm -hmm. Uh, it can't be removed and it doesn't like it's going to get bested either I'll, I'll hold out hope to see what happens but yeah that's just that's just on the list um, all right, y'all. So, you know, it's been another great episode of DFV. You know, y'all take care. Um. You know, uh, watch some sports documentaries. You know, you'll, you'll never know what kind of gems you'll find and uh, take care.